So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Charts with Dan. This is a radio edition because I'm actually not at the home studio. I am traveling. I'm getting ready for my wedding, which is coming up in the next number of days. And it turns out that when you're packing stuff for a wedding and you've got a lot on your mind, the one thing that you don't remember to take is your studio gear. So I don't have my camera. I don't have my usual microphone, which is why you can't see me. And the audio quality may be a little degraded. My apologies for that. But you know what? You don't watch this show for the video quality. You watch for the charts. So we are going to go over this past weekend at the box office. It's going to be a little bit abbreviated, but we do have a lot to talk about. And it's led by Five Nights at Freddy's. There were some people that said this movie could be in line for a huge opening. This opening just kept getting bigger over the weekend. An estimated total, and yes, we are using the dreaded estimates, of $78 million. And that number could very well go up because it's gone up every single time numbers have come in. So final numbers that come in later today could push it over $80 million. But right now, an estimated debut of $78 million. I don't have a whole lot of worldwide numbers, but I do know that Five Nights at Freddy's also had an estimated $130 million worldwide debut. So this is all around a big win for the franchise, a big win for Blumhouse, a big win for Universal. And we're going to talk about that even more in the next few minutes. In second place is Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, which dropped 56% from last weekend for a $14.7 million total. Its domestic total is now just under $150 million. In third place is Killers of the Flower Moon, which took a 61% drop. That is not good news for a movie that's supposed to be skewing toward an adult audience. They're not supposed to drop this hard like a comic book movie or a big blockbuster film. I did a lot of analysis on Killers of the Flower Moon last week and many people saying that I just didn't understand why it wasn't supposed to make money. Listen, everybody has their own opinion. For me, I don't care if you're Apple or whatever company, you invest $200 million in something, there is an expectation of some sort of a financial return. I don't think that they're in it just for exposure. I think that Apple is pretty well exposed as it is, but for whatever reason you want to make it, whether it's a big deal to you or it's not a big deal to you, this is not good news for Killers of the Flower Moon financially. As far as the box office, this was a wide release. This was a nationwide release, so I do think it should be analyzed as 
as we do any other wide release. And this is not great financial news. $9 million in week two, a total right now domestically of about $40.6 million. In fourth place is the newest film from Angel Studios. They're the people that brought you Sound of Freedom earlier this summer. It's a documentary called After Death about people's encounters with near-death experiences. Given that it's from Angel Studios, I'm guessing you can probably guess the ultimate message in which way this documentary turns. In fifth place is The Exorcist Believer, so Blumhouse has two films in the top five. In its fourth weekend, it drops 46% for a $3.1 million total and a domestic total of just under $60 million. In sixth place was Paw Patrol the movie. It dropped 51% for a domestic weekend of $2.1 million. Its domestic total is also just under $60 million. In seventh place, did you know that there's a new John Cena, Allison Brie movie opening this weekend? Well, it did. It's called Freelance. It opened in about 2,000 theaters, and it made just over $2 million. They really kind of snuck that one in under the radar. In eighth place is the Nightmare Before Christmas 30th anniversary re-release. It drops 53% from last weekend, bringing in about $2 million in weekend number two for a domestic total of just under $8 million. In ninth place is Saw X with a 53% drop from last week and a $1.685 million total. Its domestic total is now over $50 million. And in 10th place is The Creator, which made just over a million dollars. Its domestic total still under $40 million, a 62% drop from last weekend. We had three movies drop out of the top 10, A Haunting in Venice after a six-week stay, followed by The Blind after four weeks, and Leo, Bloody Sweet, after just one week. It actually had a substantial drop at the box office. We'll see how that did in the specialty release market in a few minutes. Looking at movies that lost the most theaters this past weekend, the 2023 re-release of Hocus Pocus was somewhat of a limited engagement. It lost 955 theaters. It's now out of wide release in just about 420 theaters. Also losing theaters theaters for the second or third week in a row is Dumb Money. It lost 913 theaters. It's now in just 254. A Haunting in Venice lost over half of its theaters, 815. It now remains in about 785. The Creator lost 800 theaters. It's now playing in about 1,700 nationwide. And The Nun 2 also lost over half of its remaining theaters. It's now available on Max streaming, so you can see why theaters might be dropping the film. It dropped 760 theaters. It remains playing in just over over 600. Looking at what I call the road to recovery, the blue line is the weekend average for 2015 through 2019. The red line is the weekend average for the years 2021 to 2022. And then the dotted black line is every weekend this year. And when we look at where we've been, this has just been a roller coaster. We were down below the average for 2015 through 2019. Then we were dipping below our post-pandemic theaters reopening average. And now we are back up above the blue line. We're above where we were even before COVID-19. And that's largely due to, or pretty much mostly due to Five Nights at Freddy's. Pre-pandemic 2015 through 2019, the highest weekend gross was generated actually by the second weekend of 2018's Halloween. And then as far as the era after theaters reopened, the highest gross was generated by Dune back in 2021. Of course, we should be looking at the release of another Dune movie right now, but it was pushed off the release schedule to next year because of another Hollywood crisis, which is the ongoing, although it sounds like perhaps soon to be resolved, maybe even resolved by the time you're watching this video, actor strike. Hopefully that will be over very soon. So I wanted to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's. It was a massive audience, and a big driver of that audience was young people. 45% of the Five Nights at Freddy's audience was 18 to 24. 30% of the audience 
was 13 to 17, meaning that three out of four Five Nights at Freddy's audience members were under 25 years old. That is a massive skew towards a younger crowd. In comparison, the Eras Tour drew in a crowd that was 63% under 25, and that was heavily youth skewing. So young people drove the box office for this film. That's why the PG-13 rating was likely put in place, and they turned out, even though this movie was available day and date on Peacock. Now, what this looks looks like going forward as far as next week and what it's going to drop off in weekend number two. We'll cover that on next weekend's show. But Five Nights at Freddy's set several marks. First of all, it is the highest opening weekend ever for a Blumhouse film at $78 million. It comes in above the opening of 2018's Halloween, which was at $76.2 million. Then we had Jordan Peele's Us at $71.1 million, Paranormal Activity 3 at $52.5 million, and Halloween Kills at $49.4 million. So top marks for Blumhouse as far as domestic opening weekends. It was also the second highest opening ever for a video game adaptation. We've actually set the number one and number two marks this year. The Super Mario Brothers movie, even though it opened on a Wednesday, still had the highest opening three-day weekend for a video game adaptation at $146.3 million earlier this year. Then Five Nights at Freddy's, now the second highest opening for an adaptation of a video game, followed by Sonic the Hedgehog 2, then the original Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and Pokemon Detective Pikachu in fifth place at $54.3 million. When we look at all-time October opening weekends domestically, Joker still number one, Taylor Swift the Eras Tour was just installed as a new number two a couple weeks ago. Then we have Venom Let There Be Carnage, the first Venom, and now Five Nights at Freddy's, which is now the fifth highest grossing opening in October box office history. If that number should go up, it could potentially eclipse Venom back from 2018. We don't quite know what that number is going to be with Five Nights at Freddy's, but that's not much of a margin of error when you're looking at how much money it was bringing in, and the estimates and the actuals jumped wildly between the preview on Thursday night to how much it was going to actually make. So I wouldn't be surprised if that final number puts Five Nights at Freddy's ahead of Venom. We'll just have to wait and see, and we'll address that on next week's show if need be. Then looking at opening weekends for horror films this year, 2023, Five Nights at Freddy's easily has the top spot. The top opening horror film before was Scream 6 back in March with $44.4 million, Insidious the Red Door with 33 Three million dollars back in July is number three, followed by The Nun Two at thirty-two point six million, and Megan, which was from the first box office weekend of the year at thirty point four million. But look at that gap between Five Nights at Freddy's and Scream Six. We're talking over thirty million dollars. So I wanted to see where the movie fell as far as opening weekends this decade, the twenty twenties, and Five Nights at Freddy's still easily has the number one spot. There it is at number one. Number two is Halloween Kills at forty-nine point four million dollars back in October of twenty twenty-one. In third place was A Quiet Place Part 2 at $47.5 million in May of 2021. Then Scream 6 from earlier this year at $44.4 million. And Nope from last summer at $44.3 million. But that gap is still big. So let's see where Five Nights at Freddy's falls as far as horror openings this century. So since the year 2000. And it comes in third place. The biggest opening weekend for a horror film in the 2000s is 2017's It at $123.4 million, followed by It Chapter 2 at just over $91 million. Then we have Five Nights at Freddy's, followed by 2007's I Am Legend. Yes, it is a borderline horror film, but I count it as a horror film at $77.2 million. And then 2018's Halloween at $76.2 million. So really top marks in the horror genre for the year, the decade, 
and the century so far with Five Nights at Freddy's. Like I said, there's really nothing as far as hedging of the bets or no asterisks or if, ands, or buts about the performance of this film. It was just a fantastic performance all around for the box office. When we look at the per theater averages for this past weekend, The Holdovers, which is the latest film from Alexander Payne, looks to perhaps be a big player in the awards season this year, opened at number one with $33,333 estimated in each of its six theaters. It will be expanding in the next few weeks. Priscilla from director Sofia Coppola, the tale of Elvis and Priscilla Presley from Priscilla's point of view, opened just under the holdovers. That could flip again when the final numbers come in at $33,035 in each of its four theaters, and that is a movie that will be expanding in the next two to three weeks. Then we have Five Nights at Freddy's, which brought in just over $21,000 in each of its 3,675 theaters, so some busy theater employees and managers this past weekend. My goodness, I bet you probably had a lot going on. Then we had in fourth place Four Daughters, which was playing in just one theater and brought in $5,398 in that theater. That's a documentary about a Tunisian woman and her daughters, two of whom are missing. And then in fifth place is Taylor Swift, The Heiress Tour, which brought in $3,896 per theater in each of its 3,773 theaters. Now, of course, the per theater averages and the limited release films are subject to a lot of changes when final numbers come in. So these may not hold up. That's why I don't like to do the show based on estimates, but we're going to do the best we can with the information that we have. Looking in limited release, so these are movies playing in fewer than 1,000 theaters. Anatomy of a Fall takes the top spot. It is expanded to 265 theaters and brought in $565,000 this past weekend. Leo Bloody Sweet took a massive drop in weekend number two. It brought in $398,861 in an unknown number of theaters. The Holdovers brings in $200,000 in six theaters. Priscilla brings in $132,000 in four theaters. And Dix the Musical expands to 635 theaters and brings in just over $129,000. Looking at the 2023 fall holiday box office, so this is all movies that were released after Labor Day, Taylor Swift The Eras Tour remains number one at $149.3 million, although Five Nights at Freddy's is going to be gunning for that number one spot. The Nun 2 right now is in second place at $85.89 million, followed by Five Nights at Freddy's at $78 million. The Exorcist Believer stays in fourth place at $59.3 million. Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie moves down two spots to number five at 59.2 million. And people could say, well, how could it be that The Exorcist Believer stays at four, but Paw Patrol drops down with Five Nights at Freddy's getting added at three? Well, that's because last week, Exorcist Believer was at number four and Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie was at number three. Then when Five Nights at Freddy's came in, that would have bumped The Exorcist Believer down to number five, except that it jumped over Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie, which means that Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie drops from three to five and Exorcist Believer stays at four. I know, it's one of those weird quirks of charting sometimes. In six places, Saw X, which drops one spot, followed by A Haunting in Venice, which drops one spot. Killers of the Flower Moon moves up one spot to number eight. The Creator drops two spots to number nine. My Big Fat Greek Wedding drops two spots to number 10. And Expendables 4 drops out of the fall holiday box office top 10. 
Before we go, as I said, it's going to be an abbreviated show today. I like to take a look at a weekend in box office history, and we're going back to October 21st through the 23rd, 1988, the 43rd weekend of the year, which saw the return of Michael Myers to the Halloween franchise after many years away. Halloween 4, The Curse of Michael Myers opened at $6.8 million back in 1988 for a final domestic total eventually of $17.7 million. In second place was The Accused, starring Jodie Foster. She would eventually win the Academy Award for Best Actress for this film. $4 million in week two for a total to that point of $9.9 million and a final domestic total of $32 million. In third place in its third week of release was Alien Nation, which also spawned a television show. It made just over $2.6 million in week three, a running total at that point to $17.6 million on its way to a final domestic of $25.2 million. In fourth place in its fourth week of release is Punchline, starring Sally Field and Tom Hanks, a stand-up comedy movie. It made $2.39 million in its fourth weekend, a domestic total to that point of $13.2 million on its way to a final of $21 million. And then in fifth place in its fifth week of release, Gorillas in the Mist, starring Sigourney Weaver. She would also be Oscar-nominated for this role. $2.1 million in its fifth weekend for a running total of $15.6 million and a final domestic of $24.7. And one thing that was completely unintentional is that the movies in first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place were also in their first, second, third, fourth, and fifth week of release. It's not common that that happens, but it happens sometimes. Of course, we don't like to just leave these numbers where they are. We like to see what they would look like adjusted for inflation. And when we hit that inflation button, we see that Halloween 4 opened to an adjusted total of $17.7 million on its way to a $46.2 million final domestic total. The accused with a $10.4 million second weekend on its way to an $83.4 million adjusted total. The biggest hit in this top five. Alienation at $6.7 million adjusted in week three for a final adjusted total of $65.6 million. Then we had Punchline at $6.2 million and a final domestic total of $54.7 million adjusted and Gorillas in the Mist at $5.69 million and a final adjusted total at $64.3 million. And that does it for Charts with Dan this week. Be sure to stay tuned right here on the channel. Later this week, I have a review of David Fincher's The Killer, which is in limited release right now. It'll be hitting Netflix on November 10th. And if you're wondering why you didn't see box office numbers for The Killer, well, it's because Netflix doesn't report box office numbers generally. So not likely that we'll see actual numbers for The Killer, but you will see that review here this week. And then later on this week, if necessary, I'll be providing updates on on the actor strike, which reportedly perhaps is in its final stages. If there is a settlement, I will have news for that for you later this week. Although, as I mentioned, it's a bit of a busy week. We're building up to something kind of big, so I may not necessarily be here exactly as the news is happening, but I will be here on the channel addressing that in the coming days. And of course, as we go forward, I'll be here for more movie news, reviews, box office, and more. Thanks everybody for joining me on this radio edition of Charts with Dan. I'll be back in front of a camera very soon. Until next time, stay safe and I'll see you then. Bye. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. 
Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. 